Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. Today our reading is Love Begets Love. This is a message to the church militant, which is what we are right now. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. And the Bible says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Those who are truly converted will dispense for the advancement of the work, the means he has placed in their hands. We are Christ's witnesses. We are not to allow worldly interests and plans to absorb by time and in attention. There are higher interests at stake. We plead for the money that is spent on needless things. Waste not your money in purchasing unnecessary things. You may think these little sums, they don't amount to much, but many littles will make a great whole. Cut off every extravagant expenditure. Indulge in nothing that is simply for display. Your money means the salvation of souls. Let there be systematic giving on the part of all. Some may be unable to give a large sum, but all can lay aside each week something for the master. Let the children act their part. Let parents teach their children to save their pennies to give to the Lord. The gospel ministry is to be supported by self-denial and sacrifice. Let not our church members complain because they are so often called upon to give. What is it that makes the frequent calls a necessity? Is it not the rapid increase of missionary enterprise? So long as there are souls to save, our interest in the work of soul-saving is to know no abating. The church cannot abridge her task without denying her master. Love for lost souls brought Christ to Calvary's cross. Love for souls will lead us to self-denial and sacrifice, to the saving of that which is lost. And as Christ's followers give back to the Lord his own, they're accumulating treasure, which be theirs when they hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Matthew 25, 21. The joy of seeing souls eternally saved will be the reward of all who follow in the steps of the Redeemer. Tell you what, I was just thinking this morning, it's really hard for me to comprehend how much you, it's hard to get. How did Jesus choose to die in our place? His body knew nothing of suffering and illness and death. God gave to him to have life in himself. He would never have suffered and died, but he chose to do it because being without us made him so sad. He didn't ever want to be without us. He gave us life. Jesus is our creator. And to see us lost in death and dying eternally separated from his father made him feel so sad for us that he was willing to go through it all. Why? Just so that we could have another probation, another opportunity there's not even a guarantee that we would take this opportunity to 
that you gave his life for us, he cared it, or that we would appreciate the opportunity. You know, the case of true rebellion is being incorrigible and wanting to sit and be accepted in that state whilst continuing in that state. That's what true rebellion is. We don't want to self-deny. We want what our fallen flesh wants. Jesus didn't die to make sin acceptable to his Father. If sin is so aberrant to God that death is required to pay the debt of it, permission, why would God now suddenly accept it as a new norm when it caused the death and suffering of his only child? Jesus had to go in three times to talk to his Father to get his Father to accept him doing this for us. It really reveals the ugliness of sin when we complain about self-denial and whining, doesn't it? Our study today reveals a way that we can enter in with Jesus to reach as many lost souls as possible who are living in darkness and rebellion, who cannot ever attain to true happiness until they find Jesus, their true best friend and redeemer. Just by a little self-sacrifice, sending money to finding a cause and charity that will reach the world for the lost and supporting them if we can't do something ourselves. Every command includes an enabling power which we may access by faith in Jesus' ability to save. There's a promise that I found in 1 Peter chapter 1, 13 and 14. This whole chapter 1 is amazing if you just take the time and read it thoughtfully. Look at each point. Think about it. But 13 and 14 is what I'm going to read. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. I could just keep reading. It's just so good. We're being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And Jesus is that word. Let's close in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you, Lord, for the price that you paid so that we could have another probation, another opportunity. Help us to take hold of it now and to enter into that rest that you offer in victory. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me today, brothers and sisters. God bless you. I hope to see you again in the morning. Tomorrow morning we will be reading about how to be built on the rock, Christ Jesus. All right, we'll see you then.